beautiful soul family and welcome to the walk on podcast the podcast where i try to demystify spirituality personal growth and healing and whatever else i feel like talking about i'm your host Britt cannon and this week we're talking about mastery I think I mentioned it in my last episode, but I kind of got on this little kick with the Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu. It's this like spiritual text, yeah, from the 4th or 6th <laughs> centuries, because I made the joke about how Wikipedia couldn't decide. Um, and he, Lao Tzu speaks a lot on mastery and how a mastery of self is a mastery of all things or a mastery of anything is mastery of self. For example, um, <laughs> I would say, well, okay, a little background. Not only am I a life path 11, but I have this like very intense birth chart, like very intense. And, um, <laughs> like I, there's some aspects in there that are like, Ooh, ah, good luck with that. <laughs> and <clears throat> it just leads to a very sort of intensely driven, intense in all capacities and driven person. But I have quadruple sun moon rising and mars and libra so like that softens me in a way i think it makes me more palatable because if i just had this all this intensity i don't i don't know what kind of person i would be actually i do because i was that way when i was a kid i was like I don't, uh, duality like i always existed in duality like i was always shy and quiet like at school i never made a peep i was like smart and studious and well behaved and like britney is such a joy to have in class but then on the streets, I was like tough and a scrappy little <laughs> bitch sometimes and bossy and driven and, you know, I ran shit. <laughs> um, I was like the toughest, like strongest. Uh, everyone listened to me. I don't know. It's, it's like very interesting uh, looking back at the ways that like the same ways my chart manifests now, it also manifested when I was a child. And then I started stifling um, the power. I started, I became, I stepped more into the Libra energy when, when I started being interested in boys and everyone told me, well, you can't be this abrasive boys aren't going to like you, you can't be bossy, um, which also coincided with like, you can't be fat, you can't be ugly, um, you can't be butch, <laughs> which is what my grandma used to say. So, um, this one placement, Jupiter and Aries, is also in my seventh house, and Jupiter and Aries is like a revolutionary placement. Um, it's very combative. Like we, like we, <laughs> we kind of get like turned on by conflict. Like we like relationships uh, with partners that sort of. It's kind of like a contentious, like uh, you know, teasing each other, bickering, um, maybe even like wrestling. Like just very Martian in um, 
in the way we love, but also it leads to this kind of like, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like innate, uh, determination. And my, some of my first experiences were self with self mastery were with the way that I would approach learning something new as a child. And my grandma used to brag about me, um, brag on me about this all the time where she'd be like, okay, so like I wanted to learn how to ride a bike. So I went out in the morning, my grandpa took my training wheels off and we stayed outside all day, maybe even for multiple days, but it was like pretty quick because I was not giving up. I was on that thing morning till night until I figured it the fuck out. And same thing with like lots of things, jump roping, um, uh, cartwheels. Like I went, I went to school in fourth grade on the first day and over the summer, everyone had learned how to do cartwheels. And I was like, what the fuck? I didn't get the memo. And I felt like such a nerd. So I went home and I was like, Papa, I have to learn how to do cartwheels. You have to teach me. And he put a little mat, a little like gym mat outside. So I wouldn't get hurt when I fell down a thousand times. And again, I stayed out there morning till night until I figured out how to do it. And this is partially uh, autism too, because we um, autistic people, people on the spectrum really like repetitive behavior. Like we often, um, like for me play even to this day, like, like I put on music to, um, to like dance around my room to have fun. And it ends up turning into choreographing a routine because like, that's, what's fun to me is repetitious movement, repetitious, like playing, like I like to listen to the same song a thousand times over and over again. Um, if I really like it and I just like repetitive behavior. It's like, I'm always working. Um, even though to me it's play and, um, I, so I've always been like that. And I think that was like my first, um, my first lesson in self mastery, which is that like, okay, I don't know how to do a thing and I want to learn how to do a thing. And so I, I'm just going to get out of my own way and like, learn, like just humble myself. And I think there's so much, so much humbling that has to go into learning. Like, I think that's what stay humble, be humble, humble yourself before the Lord. Like, I think that's what all that means. It means check your fucking ego, you know, um, get out of your own way. I see this so much, um, actually in my Sunday healing circle yesterday, which was like, as I'm starting to talk about it, I'm like tearing up because it was uh, a dream. (laughs) a dream and like I didn't intend it to be this but because I really I like to just like sit back and like watch the conversation flow and it's just a miracle oh god it's just a miracle every time the way that like I present a topic and then the group no matter what like this week it was like mostly new people me and my partner were the only and my friend Cassie this was Cassie's second time Um, but everyone else was new and there was no reason why it should have like felt like it had grown from the conversations before because it was new people. It should have felt new and it didn't. It just like took off and, um, it ends up being like a cool thing where everyone talks about how they know me, which leads to a story about (sighs) a story about how I, oh God, sorry (laughs) y'all. positively impacted someone's life and 
this is a thing with uh, Life Path 11s where, and if you don't believe in numerology and astrology, that's fine. But when I found, just like when I looked through my birth chart, when I found my Life Path number, I was like, oh, thank God. Like, because the thing, the thing with 11s is we're lumps of coal and we're, we're supposed to live this life being shaped into a diamond, which means pressure and struggle and contrast and a lot of abuse because one of our one of our toughest lessons as 11s is to realize that we're so deeply energetically sensitive, so psychic, so empathic that our environment is everything to us. If our environment is not calm and peaceful and like... Um, sort of like babying to our sensitive energy, then our whole life crumbles. And that means relationships most of all. And walk on, you know, walk on my whole mantra, like my whole life, my whole foundation, my whole um, path. I guess this is going to be a weepy episode. (laughs) My whole path has been built on the foundation of that, you know, of walking away, of leaving relationships that keep me from my path by keeping me in a state of trauma, you know, of, um, of exhaustion and, uh, and confusion and of pleasing, you know, and so to just, oh yeah, so the, the, kind of shitty thing with both having a Jupiter in Aries placement in the seventh house and being a life path 11 is that I don't always notice when I'm making a difference. Um, I don't always notice how far I've come. Like there, I have this danger. It says it in my chart. I have this danger of never being satisfied because it's never good enough for me. Um, and in these moments, in these healing circles, when someone I love so dearly and like admire and am inspired by and who means so much to me and who has healed me so much tells a story about how I gave selfless selflessly to them it uh <sighs> sorry guys it makes me feel like a person of integrity um to bring it back to my last episode and I am like so immensely grateful for that and I guess that ties into mastery in the sense that it's like even when I was struggling so bad you know homeless uh being traumatized like having nothing I was still able to give because that's my path and purpose and I remember those days like my friend told a story about how when I was uh squatting in a house in Norfolk with um, my sister for a while. Uh, She needed some help with the burlesque routine and I just like went and picked her up and we rehearsed all day and it was like so great. And she was like, I don't even think you asked me for money, which I didn't. Um, But then, you know, from here thinking of, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me to ask to like charge her. Um, But then from sitting here being like, wow, I was like literally homeless. (laughs) Like it would have been fine to ask, but it didn't even occur to me because um, I just love helping. 
And that's so beautiful. And um, it ties into mastery because uh, I think walking away, walking on is a kind of mastery. Probably the hardest kind of mastery because um, it requires detachment, which is that thing where you don't take other people's reactions to you personally. You see that everyone is operating from their level of awareness and that they're projecting sometimes. You know, like it's it becomes easier and easier to differentiate what is yours and what someone else's. And I guess like one way to differentiate is. Um, like we talked about last time, like noticing the discrepancy between people's words and actions, uh, noticing, I feel like the way people approach conflict and boundaries and communication and stuff is like a pretty good indicator because I feel like, like a healthier person or, um, even someone who's like more on the codependent side versus the like taker advantage of her side, the narcissistic side, because, you know, when you're unhealthy uh, emotionally, you you go one way or the other, I feel, um, until you can, like, correct your path and, like, balance out a little bit and learn to give to yourself. Like, I feel like the root of both narcissism and codependency is a lack of self-love. Narcissism manifests as a mask of self-love and self-confidence, you know, and it's like to a narcissistic person, they don't realize that there's more, that more is available than just the mask that you could actually dive deep and, um, and access real confidence and real self-love, um, and, and find a way to get your needs met authentically. Um, and for, codependent people it's like we it's really hard for us to even find a sense of self to master because we are we we're comfortable um just caring for others anyway um yeah like someone who's more codependent or on or even healthier you know someone who's a a little less like me 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 would approach conflict nervously. They would try to take as much responsibility for their own stuff as possible. You know, like, I, you know, I wouldn't even say this about codependent people because codependent people have a real knack for like passive aggressive sort of communication. So I'll say when you're healthy, you approach it with like, when you do this, I feel like this. Lately, I've been feeling this way. This is what I would like this is what I need. How do you feel? (laughs) Um, where an unhealthy person is like, it's all about you. Like you did this, you are this, um, this is what you're doing to me. Like, this is how, I don't know. It's more attacking. It's more like personal. Like they're trying to make it personal. Um, and so I guess that's like one way to see the difference in people. I'm trying to learn in my life. Um, because I'm having this conversation with God right now in my level of mastery where I'm at, where I feel like I can say to God, um, I think I've had enough of this experience for now. I think I've learned this lesson. Um, I've been abused every which way and overcame it. 
I'm healed, I'm healing, I'm happy every day, I'm whole every day, I keep my ego in check, I keep my projections in check, I have cultivated community around me of people that I love and trust deeply. I fully trust these people, okay? I fully, anyone out there who has trauma, you know what a big, powerful statement that is. I trust these people fully to help me see myself and my behavior and my actions clearly and to go to them for advice when I cannot see clearly. Um... So, yeah, I'm telling God, like, no more of this. Um, I've mastered this. (laughs) And God has told me that the key to that is um, a keen awareness, you know, a clear sight. Looking for the red flags and taking them to heart when they show themselves. Instead of pushing it down, gaslighting myself, gaslighting my intuition, right? It's all about listening. It's all about acting in the moment instead of um, procrastinating, running in fear, resisting the inevitable, you know? And I guess I've been working on that for a few years, but... Um, so lately I've been thinking a lot about like, what, okay, how early did these people who meant me harm, how early did they show signs of this? And it's like right away, day one, conversation one. I just wasn't listening. I wasn't paying attention. And there is, I guess like one key to mastery is understanding and accepting and surrendering to the fact that we can't know anything before we're ready. It's like someone can be sitting in front of you. It's like, okay, This is even better than what I was just about to say. It's like if future you, like Bill and Ted style, if future you got in a time machine, flew back to you right now, and was like, yo, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you every lesson that you, that I have learned and worked so hard to learn so that you can skip all the bullshit. Okay. Here's the list. I'm going to write it out. Here's a bunch of details. Like here's everything you need to know, what you need to wear every day. Here it all is. And handed it to you. You would look down at that paper and it would look like it was in a language you didn't understand, you know, or while they were talking, it would be like, wah, 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 because like you literally can't hear it. It's called self-secrecy in spirituality until you are ready your eyes are closed your ears are covered (laughs) you can't hear see or receive shit so in that is like forgiveness and compassion of self and surrender and faith because faith is surrender and surrender is faith um and impatience is a lack of faith or questioning of faith (laughs) surrender you know it is what it is um because that's kind of beautiful, you know? Then then it releases all those past selves of you who didn't know better and didn't do better. It releases them from the judgment of you now, you know, beating yourself up, being like, I was so stupid. Like, I'm such an idiot. I was such a piece of shit. Like, whatever it is we tell, I hate that phrase, piece of shit. Ugh, what a terrible thing to say to someone. Whenever I hear someone say that, it, I like flinch a little bit. I guess because like maybe I was called that a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it just feels so so mean and uncalled for. But anyway, I digress. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's no, there's no need. Go listen to my inner child episode if you haven't. But there's no need to berate and abuse yourself for when you didn't know because you weren't ready to know. You know it now because you're ready now. 
And there are things 10 years from now that you'll know that you weren't ready for at this point in your life. So like, just surrender to that. I will learn when I need to learn. And honestly, it's kind of like anything. I guess this goes with mastery too. It's like the, one of the keys to mastery is fun. <laughs> and I used to tell my piano students or my voice, mainly piano, cause like voice is a little bit more fun inherently. Cause like singing is really fun to kids, but, um, they would always, you know, the first like ugh, six months, especially if they were really little, they'd just be like, I hate this. This is not fun. I'm not playing any fun songs. And they just like hate it. And I would always say nothing is fun until you're good at it. But the key to getting good at something is to do it till it's fun. <laughs> you just have to stick with it, you know? Because um, nothing is fun until you're good at it. But when are you ever good at something right away? So, uh, you know, then they'd practice and then eventually one day they'd be like, <gasps> or they'd, you know, there'd be like a song that would be too hard for them and they'd like cry and be like, I'm never going to learn this. And then a couple weeks later they'd be playing it memorized and I'd be like, now friend, don't you remember when that was hard for you? Don't you remember a couple weeks ago when you said, this is impossible, I cannot do this? You did it. You're doing it. So next time when we're learning a song and you get frustrated in the moment and you think there's no way I can do this, maybe you'll remember this time and be like, I did it last time. I'll do it again. And you keep doing that until you're really, really, really good. And it's so simple, but like we forget it as adults. And it's, I think it's this like capitalist obsession with like performance and assessment and success. Um, we want, it's like, I can't do everything right now, so I might as well do nothing. Like I'm going to pick up my guitar and I'm not going to know how to play a full song. And so what's the point of even trying? And it's like, well, if you think like that, you're going to stay there forever. Speaking of guitar, I had this happen to me like the past several years. I told you in my last episode, Prince has been following me around, being like, bitch, play the guitar. Hey, you need to start practicing guitar. And I'd get these visions, these like <laughs> psychic visions of the future, and I'd be shredded on guitar, and I'd be like, no way. Like, okay, I guess so. I guess it'll happen when it's meant to happen. And then one day this past year, I was like, I need to start playing guitar because I need to get out in the subways and be busking. And just, it just flowed. It just happened. And now I'm like a guitar player. And, uh, I was blocked up about it before. I wasn't ready for it before I was, you know, I had too many, too many stories. I was telling myself, like, you're a singer, you're not a real musician. You'll never be an instrumentalist. You have bad uh fine motor skills like you can't play any instruments like you took piano lessons for however many years and you didn't get any better and like none of that's true like I mean yes the fine motor skill th skills thing is true but that doesn't mean it can't be a rhythm guitarist or even like just go really slow and have adjust my expectations for myself and uh you know and you can learn anything like anyone can learn anything. Um, it's just about figuring out the way you learn. And this, I guess, ties into mastery too, because it's like, you're not going to master anything or you will, but it will not be an enjoyable process. If you're like a little drill sergeant in your head, screaming at yourself that how terrible you are the whole time you're doing it. 
Um, some people, I feel most people don't respond well to that kind of leadership, you know, the screaming and berating kind. I remember when I was in high school, well, I played field hockey in middle school too, but in high school, I was like really serious about it. And I had this coach who, um, I think was harder on me for many reasons. I think she was hard on me, um, because she could tell I was queer and she was an older queer woman and like I don't know I think she just like saw a lot of herself in me in that way and like wanted to make sure I was tough and could handle myself and um also she just like saw a lot of potential in me and just like wanted to push me and thought I was lazy and like you know just uh she was a tough a real tough lady and in games when I would fuck up she would like scream at me from the sidelines like scream at me and trying to motivate me but a hundred percent of the time you know what it would make me do it would make me fuck up more and the games where I was like on fire from the start and never made any mistakes it was like that momentum would sweep me up and it would make me play like amazingly and um but it was also because I wasn't getting yelled at you know and I didn't know to like ask for different kind of guidance and leadership until I was taking voice lessons my senior year and my voice teacher would correct me so gently like it was always like technical you know it was always like I I hear some tension in your tongue and I think you should focus on releasing it. Or like, you're a little flat here and what that means is you're not fully supported with your breath, so I need you to take a deeper breath a little bit sooner in the phrase. You know, like, corrections like that. And that taught me, um, you know, it's just like being out in the yard doing my cartwheels. Like, how was that, Papa? Well, your legs didn't go all the way up that time, so, like, try to kick your legs higher. How was that, Papa? Well, you didn't quite go all the way over. You went a little sideways, you know? Like, gentle, loving corrections. It doesn't have to be yelling. It doesn't have to be scary. And, like, that's what you can be for yourself in your own head as you master things, as you master yourself, as you master your craft, as you master being in relationships, as you master communication, as you master um, activism and revolutionary work, as we master the beast that is capitalism. <laughs> Master in the sense of destroy in that in that regard. Um, you know, have y'all heard about how they're um, increasing the surveillance on our internet activity? Often I have these thoughts of like, I'm kind of glad I don't have an audience because I wonder how long I would last if I had more of a platform, <laughs> or if they'd take me right down. Um, yeah, so remember that. Be a gentle teacher, be a gentle coach. So mastery of self is learning how to deal with others without it throwing you off balance. I learned this... Um, I learned this kind of the hard way, honestly. Uh, I used to care so, so, so earnestly in my bones, in my veins, in my blood. Every cell in my body cared what other people thought of me. Libra. Quadruple Libra. (laughs) South node Libra. (laughs) I cared so stupid much. 
and it was debilitating and it was also a lost cause because being on the spectrum is like you're built not to care but I was taught to care and caring was social survival for me and it just got so ingrained that I almost didn't have a personality it's so wild to think about me like like me in my early 20s like I had no idea who I was and when I look back at those memories it's like a fog a haze or like I was on autopilot I was asleep I was the walking dead you know and that's how I know and why I want to teach this so much because I when I think about people living their whole lives their whole living incarnation wasting it in that state in that sleeping state it just breaks my heart I won't stand for it (laughs) I will not stand for it and like every little person I need to show love to and every little person it's getting bad it's I understand now like I have always believed in like psychics and mediums and you know this my my mom was a witch my grandma was a witch um we come from Appalachian witches like I come by it honest uh and I also have a bunch of fucking Scorpio in my chart so I'm obsessed with like the occult and death and like sex and all that anyway and always have been but um uh what was I saying about this I started thinking about, I actually started, I got distracted because when I was a kid, I used to, we had this sick ass, this is like in the 90s, okay? So like a million years ago, we had this sick ass game that you would like plug into the TV and it was this like art, art program and you, it was like a drawing tablet like they have now, but you would hook it up to the TV and it was obviously very low tech. And it had all these scenes that you could pull up like a coloring book and then you could like MS paint, like block color them. You could like add characters in, you could draw stuff yourself. You can make it into like birthday cards and I think print them out on that really cool old school printer paper that was like, had the perforated edges and um, was like green and white striped. Y'all remember that? (laughs) A million years ago, but my favorite scene to color was this one that was like, Frankenstein's maybe it was Dracula's castle I feel like it was Frankenstein's castle anyway like you would have their little Frankenstein Dracula and Wolfman like and Bride of Frankenstein like characters you could put it was just like so spooky and my grandma would always make fun of me and my whole life she made fun of me for like you're creepy you're just creepy you're doing that creepy stuff (laughs) and that's what I got distracted thinking about (laughs) speaking of the occult and stuff I come by a totally honest um, well, I lost that train of thought, so we're just gonna go somewhere else. Um, oh, I remember. Um, my, my hard lessons. Uh, so, yeah, I used to care so much what people thought. I can't remember how that was connected, but I know where I'm going next. Maybe it'll come back around. Um, so, as I got older and I started healing, um, I also, I would say that like another early form of mastery for me in a bad way was dieting. Like that taught me self-control that taught me like mind over matter that taught me, um, discipline and commitment and like 
delayed gratification and patience and like surrender to things external to you because like you, sometimes your weight fluctuates in ways that you can't like before before I get my period I gain seven to ten pounds and like then it takes like two weeks to fall off of me and um I don't know if it's that extreme but uh yeah, and I would just, like, sit on, stand on the scale and cry and cry and cry because I had starved myself all week and hadn't lost any weight. And, you know, be, seeing the futility of that is what made me start questioning diet culture and, like, is this actually good for me? And, like, what is this what is this bringing to my life if it's just like another thing to be stressed about and to obsess over like is there maybe other places I could be putting this energy so like even like dieting itself taught me self-mastery and then overcoming it was a lesson in self-mastery as well and same thing with my relationships which is what I was getting at before as I was growing and putting myself out there and trying new things and like really, really doing a sloppy, sloppy bad job, especially in regards to like polyamory and relationships and communication and stuff, because uh, honestly, y'all, I'm only just now after like five, six, seven years of real conscious work at communication, I'm only just now getting to a place where, like, I feel comfortable freely communicating what I think and feel in the moment without delay or apologizing or, like, gaslighting myself. Like, only now am I getting it. So it's tough. So if you're struggling with it, like, that is so valid, and you struggle with it as long as you need to, but you will master it one day with practice. And I can tell you, oh my god, it feels like so free and so powerful. It's like so good. Um, not scary. But if it's still scary to you, then that means you're just still working on it and that's fine. But I got to this place where I was making such a mess of my life that um, I was losing people left and right or walking away from people left and right. And in the walking away, you know, I'd get to a place where I'd be like, I'm not safe here. Like, this is not a safe relationship for me. And I get to this, it's kind of like a collision of worlds um, where my autism meets with my PTSD, meets with just like who I am as a person, and I shut down when I realize, when I, when it's sort of like right before I realize that I'm being abused. But like the P, the dots are starting to connect, and then I get scared and I go nonverbal and I feel a little bit like all of my, like my skin has been turned inside out, and so all my nerves are on the outside of my body. So, like every sensation, every feeling, the wind blowing on me, like everything hurts. Um, every thought hurts and the only thing I can do is like cram myself in a small tight space or get all the way under my blankets um with my headphones on and let you know ride it out um and be like I gotta get out of here you know like formulate a plan to go so uh yeah um in the leaving people would get mad at me and then they would demonize me, 
say what they really thought about me the whole time, you know, write their own version of events and the way things happened. And there was nothing I can do about it. And it was like the more, and this happened like three or four times in a row over the course of a couple years, like big life blowing up, you know, leaving communities behind, um, situations. And it wasn't because you know, it wasn't that I was totally blameless. I wasn't good at communicating, but I wasn't a demon, like a bad person either. In fact, I was often the victim, like the one being abused. And the person was mad at me for taking away their little light, you know, their little therapist, their little confidant, their little cheerleader. And they were bitter about me taking that source of supply away from them. And, you know, I think sometimes when a when a a narcissistic person loses a good person it's it's one of those like reality check sort of moments where they go if that good loving patient person selfless person who's always given me everything i needed who's always taking care of me who's always rooted for me who's always shown up for me if they just like left me what does that mean And instead of being like, shit, that means that, like, I'm fucking up, they, which is what I was thinking, I was like, I'm fucking up. If I keep ending up up in these situations, like, it's got to be me. What am I doing wrong? I got to figure it out. And literally went to therapy to figure it out. And all the people who did it to me were like, couldn't even consider that it was them. You know, we're just like, what's wrong with Brit? Like, why would Brit do this to me? Obviously, they're jealous. Obviously, it's this. Obviously, they that. But, and they just ran with it. And then I would find myself in so- social situations where people, where they'd be like, giving me the side eye or like treating me different or whatever. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And then I started to hear and I started to figure it out. And it broke my heart. It devastated me. I was not okay for like a long time. I was really not okay for like a long time. Um, This was the time I was on Xanax for like a year. (laughs) Um, It was bad. Drinking on Xanax for like a year. Um, And uh, I was so heartbroken. And it just hurt so bad that I couldn't control the narrative and that I couldn't, like, convince people otherwise and that, like, everyone was just believing these stories about me even though they'd always known me as the person I am, which is a kind, sweet, generous, non-competitive, you know, just, like, I'm love. Like, I'm just here to be love. And I know I can feel when I say stuff like that, some people rolling their eyes, but I had to remind someone this week that... Um, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. So when you're a kind, patient, caring, non-judgmental, loving person, you walk around thinking everybody's like that. And when you are a closed off, cynical, judgmental, competitive, jealous person, manipulative person, you think everyone operates that way. And, um, I just think that's really interesting and like true. Anyway, so to that was like my hard lesson in in detachment of other people's stories of me, right? Because like when you're in that moment of like deep devastation because of false information being spread about you that you can't control that is like actively hurting you and like ruining <laughs> ruining your life, um you either like let it crush you or you think okay, I have to care about this less, you know? 
I have to master myself. I have to master my emotions. I have to master my pain um, so that this doesn't bother me as much. And I think there's like so much to that because there's so much freedom in the detachment from other people. And that doesn't mean you don't care about people. In fact, I think it means you're able to care about them more because you're not projecting on them and you're not operating from a place of selfishness where you always have one foot out the door because you're always protecting yourself because you don't trust anyone because you don't trust yourself. Um... And there are trustworthy people out there. You know, we see the world as we are. Um, There are. And if you haven't seen proof of that, like, just keep healing. Just keep working on yourself and they will come. I promise you they will come. Loneliness does not last forever. It does come to teach us something when we need it. To teach us how to love ourselves. To teach us how to hold ourselves. But it goes too. It goes when it's ready when it teaches us all it's needed to. And then when we rejoin the world, we rejoin with openness and safety and with our boundaries intact and we trust people and we can like fully show up with our cup full of love. And when everyone shows up with a full cup, what happens? We all overflow, honey. Then it's a party. So... How did I get through it? Um, well, I, I, um, I got in touch with my values, what I would and wouldn't put up with. And it turns out that sort of the, the big, the biggest thing for me is a willingness to grow. That's like it. Um, When I find an unwillingness to grow in someone, um, I move on. And sometimes it takes me a while to see it because I do really want to help people. And because I, because sometimes the people who are a bit resistant um, are the ones who need guidance most. So I try to give everyone a fair shake and like lots and lots and lots of chances and help. Um, but whenever it pops up that this person is beyond help, I give up. Um, and that is very helpful because it's just like, you know, when, when you, when you're training to be a lifeguard and they tell you never swim right up to a person who's drowning, even though that's your instinct, you have to like get a flotation device or send them something far away from you to hold on to because they're in such a panic that they will pull you down and then you both drown. And like, that's (laughs) no one, no one's life is saved. Um, it's just like putting the the oxygen mask on you first, because if you try to put it on someone else, then you're both going to pass out. And once again, then no one has a mask. So, um, some, there's some people you can't help or they're not your responsibility to help, or they have to learn their own lessons on their own time. Um, and just realizing that I feel like is a big thing because, um, at least for me, and like I said, I'm teaching from the standpoint of a life path 11. And because my lesson is to walk on, 
um, that that means that's a lesson that I'm meant to teach because that's the thing with Life Path 11s. We go through the meat grinder so that we can make it easier for other people, so that we can just tell other people how to do it instead of them having to go through the torture and turmoil <laughs> that we do. Um, and, you know, I laugh about it now because... I'm on the other side of it, but there were many, many moments where I was like, this is not fucking fair. And I'm so, so angry and so resentful that this is my path. I can't believe that I signed up for this. <laughs> and now it's like, yeah, yeah, I know I did. Um, because I'm doing it because I'm teaching. And like, um, I guess that's like a part of mastery too, is like, once you master something, once you put in your 10,000 hours of practice, once you've done something that wasn't fun until it was fun, then what comes next? Um, teaching others, sharing the wealth. And isn't that beautiful? Like, I love education and growth and like learning and teaching for that in the way that it's selfless, you know, in the way that it's in the way that humans are just like wired to do this. And I guess this is why I believe in you know, I believe in the duality, you know, like there's good and bad within all, like, like, you know, unbelievably, unbelievable good and unbelievable bad in both of us, in both of us, in all of us, both of them, that in all of us. And, um, but I also think that like humans are love, like we're a physical manifestation of love and we're meant to rise to the occasion of our highest potential in our lifetimes. It, can you imagine if like outside of the, the confines of capitalism, if everyone were given the space and time and resources to realize their full potential, what this earth could be, if we never lost a genius to illness, young because of poverty or, or, you know, they went to jail because they were black or brown or um, killed themselves because they were queer and bullied. Like, if we just gave people what they needed to to access their full potential, like, this world could be... I mean, we'd be leagues ahead of where we are now. We stifle in innovation in this culture. We stifle... Um, purpose, what's the word I'm looking for? Potential. Uh, we stifle greatness. We stifle authenticity. That's what capitalism is, you know? It's like homogenization because of status quo. And without status quo, capitalism is nothing because uh, the, if we're not comparing ourselves to some ideal, uh, <laughs> there's no products, you know? <laughs> if we don't compare as less than to this ideal, then we don't have to buy anything to make ourselves better. And I guess that's a kind of mastery too, is like, loving yourself being enough like that is a form of mastery and it's because you know like it's like it's like opera singing like singing to people they think it's like this mystical magical thing you know they're like wow that person's like a singer like they're a vocalist but singing when you break it down is an exact science it's knowing how knowing the anatomy of your body to know how to breathe 
and relax, knowing where, like what physical sensations you need to create in order to produce a healthy sound. You know, knowing what territories or what muscle behaviors you do that inhibit your singing. You know, it's like, it's an exact science. If you do all this stuff right, and it takes a long, 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 long time to figure out how to do all that stuff right, but if you do, you will be a phenomenal singer. It's an equation. Um, and uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, I think with singing, a lot of times where people go wrong is, and this is where I went wrong for a long time, it was like, but I don't sound like anyone else. Like, I don't sound like Whitney Houston. I don't sound like Barbara Streisand. I don't sound like Mariah Carey. Um, so I must not be good. And it's like, well, you sound like you. Like, there's never been a you to sound like you. So you don't think you sound like anyone good, but like, you're the first you. So that's why no one's ever sounded like you. <laughs> um, and comparing, I guess, is like part of mastery too. It's all just about like putting in the time, putting in the practice. I've been thinking about this a lot because spirit has been showing me that certain people in my life are not trustworthy with the information that I am channeling. Um, meaning that they parade my wisdom and information off as their own. And the problem with that is that's how you get like like a cult leader out of hand, you know, or like, um, someone running wild with power or like getting put in positions that they're not ready for is this kind of like hubris and, um, inauthenticity and like, it's like a snake oil salesman or a con artist, you know, it's like my wisdom in the wrong hands can be a weapon because it, it would make, a wolf in sheep's clothing illusion a lot more viable. <laughs> um, because someone who's really terrible could present themselves as very caring and empathic and wise. And uh, I've been thinking a lot about that and um, being like, it's a responsible thing, right? Because that, that's part of mastery too. Like, when you first get in touch with all this like healing stuff and esoteric stuff and you really start understanding and like you you start talking and you see yourself blowing people's minds like that shit is so fun that you want to do it all the time like you can't turn it off but i guess now what i'm learning is to be discerning in who i share this with um because not everyone is ready for it or deserves it and there is i actually the other day this is so funny talking about self-secrecy. The other day I was like thinking about this episode and I was thinking about my dreams and I was thinking about my life and thinking about the past several years since my awakening, my first awakening and like what I've been through. And it's all these like trials and tests and tribulations and like that dream of that obstacle course that I was talking about in my dream episode. Like just one obstacle after another, like one dead end after another, like one pitfall after another. And like, I just get back up and carry on and get back up and carry on and get back up and carry on to the point where like my muscles are really strong and like I'm really agile on my feet and I'm really good at like anticipating what's going to happen and reacting and responding appropriately every time. And it's just like a beautiful metaphor for where I am in life. Um... 
And these things are, oh yeah, so I was thinking about all this and I was trying, I was like, culmination, um, test, tribulation. Like I was trying to think of this word, this word that meant like a test you have to pass in order to grow, in order to continue on. And I like couldn't, but I was thinking like ceremonial, like it's ceremonial. What's the word? What's the word? And I could not think of this word. And I was getting so frustrated because I just, I would like leave it alone for a while. And a few hours I would come back and be like, what is that word? I can't find it. The other day I clicked on this tarot reading because I watched tarot readings on YouTube and um initiation it came the word came out of the reader's mouth initiation and I was like that's it so that's the thing with the esoteric like that self-secrecy is a it's a a communication between God or the higher self and the person like that's their business um to do to be done on their time sometimes like your your wisdom can be like fertilizer you know like it can help the person grow but the soil and the seed is between the person and god and the sunshine you know you can help but it's like is it i don't know you just have to be discerning um and I guess all this to wrap things up is to say that self-mastery is self-love um, in all capacities. Like, I love myself enough to say no to things I want and need to say no to. I love myself to walk away from people who have shown me that they don't have the capacity to love me the way that I love myself. Um, you know, self-love enough to stick with something, to have discipline, to be patient and gentle with yourself as you stumble through life, because guess what? We're supposed to be stumbling through it. We're not supposed to have it figured out. The journey, not the destination, right? When you look back on your life, and I can say this now for my ripe old age of 32. Like, when I look back on my 20s, I'm just like, yeah. I needed to go through everything I went through because I had a bunch to learn. And I'm so grateful I did it now, even though it wasn't always the most fun. It wasn't always a pleasant experience. It wasn't, uh, it often wasn't, wasn't me getting what I wanted. But it turns out that what I wanted was distorted corrupted not from the true place and i think that is like a thing i'm learning right now too um i'm getting a clarifying of my goals you know things that used to be very i don't even know how to describe this like the image i'm getting in my head is like a mist like a fog so there's like this fog in my room and it's not concentrated and it's not it's like kind of nebulous you know it's hard to hold on to it slips through your fingers and I guess that's how my a few years ago when I started like manifesting and like trying to trying to change my life change my reality with spirituality everything I wanted was like that. It was like very broad and wide and like not clear and not specific. And over the years, what's happened is that fog has kind of like, like got sucked into a mason jar, you know? And now it's like concentrated and contained. And, um, 
I don't know if that's like the best metaphor, but that's the visual that I'm getting. So <laughs> that's what spirit gave me. That's what I said. Um, and I guess that's like a kind of mastery too, is like figuring out what you want, figuring out what you need. And then like, then figuring out how the, the steps to get it. But, um, it's like diggable planets, um, or is it diggable planet? I can never remember, but they have this song that's like, we're just babies, man. We're just babies. We're just babies, man. We're just babies. And it's like, we are like, we're not supposed to know everything. We're supposed to stumble. We're supposed to fail. We're supposed to learn. We're supposed to get hurt. It's like a, a little baby learning how to walk. You know, if you hover over that baby to make sure they never, ever fall, they're not going to learn. They're going to learn to be scared. They're going to learn to be timid. You have to let them go. You have to let them like learn the hard way sometimes. And um, when it's you being the coach in your head, coaching you towards self-mastery, you know, you do that with, with, uh, forgiveness and patience. It's like when that little baby's trying to walk, when they fall down, what do you do? You clap and you say, wow, good try. Good job, buddy. Let's try again. You know, do that with yourself. When you fall and fail, be like, good job. You tried. You're closer than you were yesterday. Or if you feel further away, be like, maybe that wasn't meant for you. Maybe we failed for a reason. Um, and just always come back to love. You know, if you're acting in love for yourself, it's not wrong. Even if other people try to make you feel like it is. And I guess like that's mastery. What we were talking about before is like your perception of me is not my responsibility. Um, and again, this information is dangerous in the hands of people who don't deserve it because someone, um, a little more malicious would take that and be like, oh, I can act as selfishly and destructively as possible and like other people's reactions are their business. And it's like, that's not what I mean. Um, what I mean is when you're acting in a loving way for yourself, you know, when you're pursuing your purpose, when you're pursuing growth, when you're in therapy, when you're dealing with your trauma, um, people are going to take that personally. It just, it's what happens. It's the same way. Like my grandma always used to tell me, you know, your friends and family will not support you. It will always be strangers who support you. And it's kind of turned out to be true. I mean, not always like the good ones, the good friends, the good family, they support you. But, um, it is true that most people like can't bring themselves to support someone who's shining and that's their insecurity and like it's so hard to not take that personally which is why it's mastery to learn how not to um but once you do there's the freedom so yeah i guess i'm gonna wrap this up as always i hope it made sense my partner keeps telling me it does. <laughs> it's so nice to have someone like consistently listen and be like, yes, you're making sense. You're not just on here being like, like I think sometimes I worry I'm like Creed from the office with his little blog like I'm just typing nonsense into a word document that someone else set up for me and they're like telling me I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> but my partner, my partner tells me I'm doing a good job. <laughs> so, yeah, I love you. Mastery is a beautiful thing. It's the journey, not the destination. You know, like, like 
it's just like how, you know, when you first start learning how to play piano, you learn scales and scales are so annoying, but then you graduate to play Mozart and like, what is Mozart except all scales. So then when you see it in the sheet music, your fingers already know how to do it. So it's like, you're building the foundation. Um, and that's what mastery is. It's like Lao Tzu says the journey of a million miles starts with the one small step is made up of a series of small steps is what he says. Um, so take it one day at a time, you know, face your battles as they come, try to handle them with grace and patience and compassion, but always try, or I should say, always try to steer clear of self-sacrifice of hurting yourself for the benefit of someone else. And I say this, on a systemic societal level as well as an interpersonal relationship level or on a spiritual level, you know? Um, Self-sacrifice is not the move. We are over that. Didn't work for Jesus, not gonna work for us. (laughs) Sorry, Jesus. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Go into your go into your week maybe and think about how what am I mastering right now? Like what is the universe guiding me to master? Have you picked up an instrument? Have you started a new art medium? Have you um, started a new business? Are you reconnecting with your family? Um, are you embarking on a healing journey? Like what's happening to you? What is the universe asking you to master right now? And honestly, if you come up with an answer, I would love to hear it. You can follow me on Instagram at Brit underscore that's underscore it. Twitter, same thing, but with an extra underscore at the end. You can email me at walkonmychild.com. Wait, walkonmychild at gmail.com. Um, Venmo is Brittany-Cannon-11. If you want to donate and keep the capitalism out of this podcast. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Tell me what you're mastering. Please, 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 if you listen to this and you resonate and you are looking for community right now, please, 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 I beg of you, come to my Sunday Healing Circle. It's on Zoom at 3, 3, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's beautiful. It's incredible. It's healing. Please come. I also host an open mic on Friday nights. Um, that's also on Zoom. The link is in my Instagram bio. And uh, that's kind of a virtual salon, old school style, where we get together and philosophize and share art and just like have a good time and heal. Um, and then on Sunday mornings, I do a, a virtual music class for kids at 10 a.m. And that's also on Zoom. The link is also in my Instagram bio. And um, I would love to see you at any of these events. It's all consciousness. It's all community. I'm just a little Life Path 11 out here trying to do my purpose of making the world a more loving place. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Happy healing. Bye. Beware.